this spring, believe it or not, already, um, the supply and confidence deal, you know, the arrangement between the Liberals and the NDP, it's going to be two years old. That was struck in March of 2022. If it remains intact, and, you know, the expectation is it probably will, but maybe not. We'll have to wait and see. If it does, though, until the next federal election, that's two more years. So we're about the halfway point. Question, though, is will it last? And if not, why not? Daniel Balan is a political science professor at McGill and joins us now to talk about this situation. Daniel, thanks for being here. Appreciate your time. Good morning. Thanks for the invitation. Yeah, so before we get to the future of the deal, let's talk about the history of it here. It's only been a couple of years, but really, it's been the dominant feature in federal politics. It's really shaped a lot of what has happened in Ottawa over the past two years, hasn't it? Yes. Uh, in fact, it's it's quite rare to have this type of agreement in, in Canadian politics. So it's very interesting for us, uh, political scientists, to... Uh, to look at the, you know, the origins of this agreement, but also its, its future. So if you look at why we have this agreement that, as you said, was signed in March 2022, I think it's because, uh, especially since Justin Trudeau became um, leader of the, the Liberal Party of Canada, we've seen a kind of convergence ideologically between the NDP and the Liberals. Of course, that existed even before. <laughs> um, of course, this, um, I would say, um, convergence on, on key policy issues between the Liberals and the NDP. That's why they were able to uh, get things done even under Lester B. Pearson in the mid-1960s and uh, in the 70s and so forth. But um, this agreement, in a way, is the culmination of a, a convergence between the two parties, which is related to Justin Trudeau's strategy of basically stealing voters away from the NDP to increase uh, liberal support, something that helped him uh, um, lead the liberals to uh, a victory back in 2015 uh, with the majority government. But since they've been in minority government situation, so since the 2019 federal elections, of course, the, the liberals, they need support from at least one other federal party to get things done in the House of Commons. And uh, the NDP is the logical dense partner because of this uh, convergence between the two parties. It's a really important point. If you take a look, especially when it comes to social issues, the gap between the two is very narrow. I mean, in most ways, the agreement is there, like you say. So it's not like it's a big reach for either party to sort of support some of these positions because it's kind of their own platform anyway, right? That's right. And uh, in the piece that we uh, we publish uh, in the conversation that people can find online about the um, the supply and confidence agreement that we are talking about now, we, we show also that the pandemic might have helped uh, solidify uh, the ties and, and increase the convergence between the NDP and the Liberals, uh, because then the consensus over what to do about um, the pandemic really increased, even uh, increased this close relationship between the NDP and the Liberals. Um, How now, so? How so? Tell me a bit more about yeah. that. <clears throat> yes, because there was a sense of um, you know, that the, the, uh, the, the emergency measures that were enacted, especially in the spring of 2020, yep. um, were really promoted not just by the Liberals, but also strongly supported by other parties, especially the NDP. Yeah. Uh, and also there was, um, co- there was consensus between the NDP and the Liberals regarding um, the, the pandemic, vaccination, and so forth. 
so I think that that solidified uh, the the ties uh, in a way between the the two parties. And then the fact that the Liberals were unable to regain a majority government yeah. in the aftermath of the 2021 federal elections, uh, I think that created more uh, fert- uh, more fertile ground for for this because the liberals realize that well we'll probably be in the minority parliament for uh, several more years <laughs> and so uh, we may as well uh, find uh, make the ndp um, a kind of permanent dance partner yeah. of course uh, the ndp also their strategy was well if we have a sign agreement with the Liberals, we will have more leverage and we can claim credit for what some of the things that the Liberals will do as a minority government. And so the, the, it, there was also something good for the NDP here. For the Liberals, it provided more stability in terms of being a government in a minority parliament. And for the NDP, it provided leverage and also um, what we can call credit claiming opportunities. You can claim credit sure. for what the liberals do because it's in your shopping list that you put yeah. in the agreement. Absolutely. I mean, I, I think if you're Jagmeet Singh in the NDP, you're taking a look at the current situation and going, we're actually getting some policy enacted here. We're, we're, that, I mean, this is a wonderful spot for them to be in. But I wonder if that's changed at all, Daniel, when you take a look at the flagging fortunes of the liberals. And we've all seen the polling. We know what's going on with Justin Trudeau and the liberals. Are the NDP starting to think, oh, well, maybe we're linked to a sinking ship here? I mean, how does the change that we're seeing at the federal level affect what they may think about this agreement going forward, or does it change it at all for them? No, I think it has changed. In terms of the rhetoric, what Jack Singh has been saying, uh, I think in recent months we've seen a firmer tone, uh, more more critical of the Liberals, um, and also uh, pressing them to act on pharmacare, because that's a point where uh, here it the liberals were um, according to the the uh, supply and confidence agreement that they signed with the ndp they were supposed to deliver a bill on uh, legislation on pharmacare in 2023 that's right but they have failed to do that and now they have until march 1st the ndp gave them a, an extension in the deadline if you want uh they have two more months to produce a bill on pharmacare but it's not something that the the liberals are so keen to move uh forward with um, now they were able to, they, they were basically coerced into moving forward with the Canadian dental care yep. plan. So in terms of dental care, I think this agreement has delivered in terms of what the NDP wanted the Liberals to do. It was not in their 2021 platform. Um, and the, the Liberals didn't put that in their platform, but the NDP now can say it's because of us or largely because of us if the Liberals did this. Uh, and they want to do the same thing with pharmacare, but it's much more expensive. <laughs> and I think that the Liberals are, are you know, uh, reluctant to move forward with this. So, uh, and, and as you said also, um, in addition to this issue, uh, the Liberals are doing poorly in the polls. They are, you know, 10, 15, in some, in some polls, close to 20 points behind the, the Conservatives. And so, uh, and Justin Trudeau is, 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 is on, quite unpopular, uh, to say the least. So I think that it's, the, the NDP is playing, it's a, it's a difficult, it's a difficult game to play. So you, you try to exert leverage to say, hey, we are impacting the government's policy agenda. We got dental care for you and then we are working hard to get them to act on pharmacare, but at the same time, uh, while you're doing this, you're very closely associated with a government that's sinking in the polls. So that is something that I think could, in the end, lead to um, um, 
the NDP pulling the plug on that agreement. At the same time, if they, if they would do that, um, they will lose some of their leverage. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time, too, they could be accused of helping the conservatives, maybe, uh, uh, you know, defeating the government uh, with the help of, uh, 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 you know, the other parties. And so, and then leading to perhaps a change of government that will uh, not be favorable to the the, the the progressive policy views that are of course uh, dear to the uh, the mind and the heart of of, of MDPers. Yeah, you're right. It's an, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, because like you say, they they can scrap the agreement, but still basically behave in the exact same way. But again, like you say, sort of seem like a more vocal opponent of Justin Trudeau, while at the same time keeping the government in position. Because bottom line, the NDP don't want an election either. They're not in great shape to go and stage another national right. campaign. If we had an election tomorrow, uh, I mean, of course, campaigns matter. So I think when you look at polls, you have also to understand that, you know, things could change during a campaign. But certainly that the, the odds that the conservatives will win a majority government are look quite high. And so if they will win a majority government, that means no leverage for the <laughs> NDP or opposition parties in general yeah. anymore. Party's and, over. And, and it will be uh, something, but at the same time, and it's important to understand, you alluded to that, even if the NDP pulls the, or the Liberals, if they pull the plug on that agreement, um, it doesn't mean that the Liberal government will fall. Right, yeah. Because you could imagine still what happens normally in the minority parliament, you, uh, the government will try to seek support for, say, the budget bill uh, when there is a confidence vote uh, uh, on a one-by-one, you know, on a, it's kind of a legislation by legislation, you have a bill and you strike a deal with one party and it's enough to keep you alive. So they could strike a bill, uh, they could strike a a, a deal on a bill with, with the, the NDP still, even if the agreement itself, the formal agreement, uh, um, is gone, but they could also do that with with the, with the block, for example. Sure. Uh, so, so it doesn't mean that if the the agreement falls apart, the agreement between the NDP and the Liberals, uh, if it falls apart, that we will necessarily have. Uh, uh, elections thereafter. We could imagine a scenario under which uh, it could take, you know, six months or even more than that, a year before we have elections after the, 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 really the end of this agreement. But it will increase, if the agreement ends, it will increase instability. The risk, and yeah. every time there will be a confidence vote, yep. then people will be, you know, speculating about, oh, will we have an election? Yep. Will we have an election? Because, of course, if the Liberals uh, lose a confidence vote, then it's very likely the Governor General will uh, dissolve Parliament and will have uh, federal elections earlier than what's in the calendar, which is, of course, October of 2025. Uh, It's going to be such an interesting year, as always. Daniel, thank you so much. Great chat. I really appreciate you being here.